All right, good morning, everybody. This is Mike Courtney here, Mass Mutual, Eastern Pennsylvania. And we're here with Steve Parisi from IBC Global for our weekly chat. Steve, uh, I know from our dealings together that you are uh, super busy and humming away over there, but how's your week going? Fantastic, Mike. Thanks for asking. You know, it's one, I used to say one day at a time. Now it's <laughs> it's one hour at a time. Just knock it out and get to the next one. But it's yeah, going well. You guys are you guys are flooded with activity. That's great. Yeah. Um, you know, it's always a pleasure pleasure working with you guys and, and working on your business. Like you know, we were going to talk today about um, you know some other products that we run into in competition, but not only in competition. Um, you know, products that our clients are are drawn to and ask us to review. Uh, I think there's been a a bright light finally really shining on the uh, the IUL market and where there's some issues there. Why have you not gravitated more into that space? I got I have to imagine that you have clients coming to you with uh, IUL in mind. Um, the IUL illustration often often looks a lot better than whole life illustration what's your experience been there yeah so when it comes to an IUL we do see it a lot out there and we have the ability to model it and we do model it often I mean my big thing is always showing showing different options I'll let you know we've never sold one and the main reason why is I have yet to see any proof of actual performance you know, a lot of individuals and companies have come to us and said, hey, based off of the company's current cap rate, insurance expenses, and plugging in hypothetical returns of what the market did the past 25 or 30 years, here's what it will do. I'm like, hey, that's great. But I mean, I've seen whole life companies do the same thing with dividends and such, and it's it's just not, it's not accurate. My big thing is before I put any client into a product, I want to be certain that they're in a product that's going to perform at the highest possible level considering considering it's a life insurance policy. And you know, part of this is when we design policies for corporations and banks, they had proof on that. Um, and I was fortunate to get exposed to that as well so I could see, okay, here's companies and products that have actually delivered. But to answer your question, I haven't seen any real proof around it. I'm not saying it doesn't work and I'm not saying the proof isn't out there, um, but I just haven't seen it myself. And I don't wanna be the guy to put someone in a policy, even when we design it, maximum cash value, minimum commission, you know, option B from the get-go. You can do a lot of good with it, it's got potential, but if it doesn't pan out, like now all of a sudden that client's paid a lot of money in, and if it goes south, it's their money that you're talking about and they're going to be upset not with the insurance company but with you or I or the guy that sold them it and that's I'm not I'm not interested in that yeah I've been surprised uh, specifically over the last year or so I've sat on a lot of uh, presentation calls and sat in you know before the pandemic a lot of face-to-face -face, um, seminars where industry experts were breaking down the mechanics of an IUL policy and how the companies um, make adjustments and how they invest their assets 
and um, definitely much more deep dive than I would expect any advisor to typically take with regards to a product. But if you take that deep dive, it's scary. Um, these products are, uh, are, are very complicated and oftentimes are, are set up to fail. And that doesn't mean that it still can't be a good solution because if you know this and you know the mechanics and you understand how it works, then maybe you could put together a good solution that could protect against downside. But if you don't even really know the inner workings and understand the product completely, then you are setting up to fail. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a dangerous situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, um, two guys that are experts in the insurance field, in my opinion, and they're talking about IULs. And the conversation was really, hey, when IUL was first rolled out, it was really designed as an alternative to combat whole life at a lower price point. So if you're just price quoting for death benefit, you can, if you just compare apples to apples, apples to oranges, you'd have a lower premium with an IUL for a million dollar death benefit than you would with a whole with a million dollar death benefit on a whole life product. And when sold in that manner, what happens is it doesn't work. Every time, every example we've seen, it's blown up. However, what they also said is when you design it to optimize the cash value, minimize the, the premium, fund up to the MEC limit, a lot like what, what our company does with whole life insurance, like, hey, that, that's where you've got potential where it can work. And, you know, I respect those guys a, a lot. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. Here's my big thing is I've got to see some type of proof because there's always what it could be with whole life too can do it can pro project great values could produce but then if it doesn't again it's not you or I that are in trouble if we put our money there it is but which we do but if it's a consumer you know putting away say it's 300 grand per year into the product you know that's a lot of money if they pump it in over 10 years 3 million bucks and it goes south or I, I've shared this before the IUL we have a study on back in 2008 it was designed for maximum cash value also had a 1035 exchange, an agent showed us this, hey, I designed it for minimum commission, maximum cash value, and over that 12-year span, 08 till now, the net IRR is 2%, and last year's year-over-year -year IRR, 2019 to 2020, was 0.91%, because the insurance expenses came up, cap rate was 15%, and it got dropped down to 6% over the years. You know, there's just too many things. And again, yeah, this is my comfort level. Too many things that are outside of, of you and mine, our control. Like we can't prevent a cap rate from coming down. Like what do you do? Yeah. Or insurance expenses, they come up and then you're stuck. You've got the surrender charges. So my comfort level is not there. And I've dug into it um, with a couple individuals. There's an actuary we work with. We've looked into it. Um, he's not comfortable with it. So I'm not there. Um, and it'll take a lot to get me there. But like anything, I mean, I'm always open to digging into it, learning as much as possible. Um, but presently, I'm, I'm not there because I've seen too much, too many horror stories with it occur. Well, I, I will say that, you know, any brokers who are listening, who are uh, 
seasoned and um, are were were historically selling IUL and presenting IUL to their clients and are having trouble um, breaking out of that, I would urge you to talk to Steve because uh, you know there's nobody that understands the mechanics and the breakdown and how to maximize value inside a whole life contract like this guy that I'm talking to today. So um, if you're listening to this and you're having a hard time with IUL sales or permanent insurance sales in general right now, you know, IBC is, is where you want to be. Um, what about, you know, I've noticed a lot of carriers have pulled guaranteed UL a lot of carriers uh, for the last few years have really current assumption UL. Um, I don't really even hear about it anymore. Um, I have heard an increase in chatter and discussion about VUL. Um, frankly, it's not a, a product or an area where I have a lot of experience. My knowledge of VUL is when VUL first rolled out it was sold as an opportunity to have death benefit with a cash value component that could perform at stock market levels, which looked like 15% returns. And then when the 15% returns weren't real and somebody was, you know, six, seven, 10 years into this thing, they realized that their policy could blow up. Um, now I, that's, what happened before. I think a lot of the products that are coming out now have some uh, guarantee no lapse provisions in place. And it gives us another permanent insurance option with some upside, some market upside, and maybe some downside protection. I know VUL isn't an area where uh, you've spent a lot of time, but just kind of generally, what are your thoughts about, about that? Yeah, I mean, my experience with VUL is really individuals we've worked with that have said, hey, I've got this variable universal life policy or my parents have one. Can you take a look? And it fits the bill kind of to, to the point you just mentioned where it was projected to grow to a million dollars and it's got a negative return over a span. I remember one that was about 14 or 15 years. Don't quote me on that. I got to go back and look at it. Long span though, not five years. Correct. Correct. And that's what I like to see with policies because you're getting over the initial insurance expenses past the surrenders. Like, okay, what's it actually doing compared to what was projected, guaranteed and non-guaranteed? And it just, it, they weren't attractive. Now, on the flip side, like if I was the VUL agent, I would say, or just the insurance agent that put that in force, I'd be like, okay, well, that policy was designed to target a certain death benefit and knowing what you and I know, and likely a lot of agents listening to this is the argument would be, okay, well, you could tweak that policy, carve the death benefit down to the non-MEC face amount and just try and juice the cash value like we do with whole life insurance. And that's the thing. It could just be a lack of knowledge because it gets complex fast as you start to dig into those those areas of how to juice a policy to make sure it doesn't mech based off the illustration, but then doesn't mech in reality if the death benefit doesn't appreciate fast enough, all that fun stuff. Um, could be a lack of knowledge from agents out there, just not enough guys knowing how to do that and the amount of time 
anyone would have to invest into learning how to model policies for maximum cash value. I'm talking actual results, not just what an illustration projects to make sure it doesn't mech. The amount of time to do that and become a true expert in that field, that takes time. It took me a couple of years and I was fortunate, you know my background, how I started. That's where I learned all this stuff. Um, but to do that, spend that time, sell policies that are minimum commission. It's like, okay, I got to invest all this time for a little payout on the front end. A lot of guys just look at it and say, ah, forget it. I'm not going to do that. That could be why. I mean, I don't want to speak for anyone, but it could be why not many have dug into it to that to that degree with the VUL. But Well, I'll tell you that, you know, Mass Mutual, I think I mentioned this, Mass Mutual is rolling out a, a new VUL. Yeah. And I sat through um, training on the new product the other day. It was an hour and a half long. And uh, I didn't really even feel like I, I retained it all. And complexity makes me nervous, you know? Um, now, it, again, I mean, I'm really showing some, you know, maybe I, I sound naive, but, you know, I'm seasoned in this space and I've been doing this for a long time. I just haven't had any experience whatsoever with, planning with VUL. So I am going to dig into it um, and hopefully can break it down and simplify it and get to, you know, comfort level in certain kinds of cases, but overly complex. Uh, just, I don't think it's necessary. It makes me nervous. Yeah, that's a good point because I think that's the thing. When you start to design policy, you juice them for maximum cash value a VUL or if it's a whole life, right? Same thing there it does get, it becomes more complex. And it's natural to become nervous where you say, hey, I, I'm doing everything to maximize the cash value, but it could mech out. You know, I might be forced to pay in less and it's just not going to go according to plan potentially. It's one thing for an agent to dig into that and understand the ins and outs of that complexity. But now you've got to efficiently communicate it <laughs> to a prospect in English and ensure as things pass, as time passes, that you monitor that policy and make sure that, hey, I don't want to run into an issue where now all of a sudden they've got to modify an endowment contract or it's going to potentially lapse. And you can do it. I mean, I, I'd argue we do that in the whole life insurance side. And it, it took some time. I mean, that's why we got all these departments now to monitor everything. Insurance companies do a great job, but it's my OCD, I'll call it, where I want to make sure that we've got another set of eyes, several sets of eyes on everyone's policy, regular, regularly monitoring, having reviews, so nobody gets into an issue. Because when you mentioned the complexity makes you nervous, yeah, it makes me nervous too. You don't want a consumer to be harmed because of a complex situation that the agent didn't fully grasp. If they're harmed, everything goes south. So if you can understand it, you can maneuver it and drive that car, right? You've got the manual transmission, but you can <laughs> drive it to the best of your ability and, and full potential. You can do a lot of good with it. It's just understanding it and becoming a, I don't know how to phrase it, a master at your craft. Yeah, that, great point. Because actually, as you were talking, I, I, it registered with me that you know, a lot of the solutions that we propose and the cases that we work on with regards to the whole life are extremely complex, yeah. but it doesn't feel like it anymore because guys like you and myself feel like we understand the product inside and out. And certainly that's why you've built a lot of the training videos and the models and 
where you break down the complexity and get to a comfort level. So uh, maybe I'll get there with VUL uh, at a minimum. I'm never comfortable presenting a solution until I really understand the ins and outs of the mechanics because whenever I feel like I don't know what I don't know, that's no good. Yeah, I, I'm with you loud and clear. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the complexity when you were talking there reminded me of a situation. <laughs> a couple of years back, we sent the policy for issue and I don't know if it was the, the case manager or underwriter that came back and said, okay, can you just break down how you ran this illustration? Because it's kind of a complex design. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, just plug these figures in here. Here's exactly what we did. Um, because it's it's different when you start doing that. But again, it's, it's out there. And I would be willing to bet that if you at Mass Mutual were to talk to some home office executives or individuals that put the software together or their blue chip division and same thing at Guardian or Northwestern and New York Life, the higher ops that had a role in putting the software together and work with producers that work with banks, corporations, and ultra wealthy individuals, it's a different tier. I mean, you get access to someone that perhaps saw how the software is written and saw the different formulas. They know it in and out. The only thing is they're not going to go and communicate to all the brokers out there. It's like, no, here's how you run it. Um, and that seeing how those guys do it for corporations and banks and why they put so much money here does give you a huge edge, in my opinion, to say, okay, here's how the big players are doing it. Copy them for everyone else if yeah. you can get that, that access. Yeah, which we absolutely. Have. All right. Well, look, if you are an independent broker or financial advisor, you should know that Steve and his team are, you know, literally swamped with highly qualified leads for executives, professionals, business owners who are looking to purchase permanent life insurance for, you know, a variety of different um, uh, planning uh, situations that they're involved in. Um, Steve is looking to grow his team, is always looking to grow his team, and uh, really has a great back office and, and a nice track for somebody to run on. So please reach out to Steve if, if you're looking for a great opportunity and um, reach, out for me, reach out to me if you want to talk about Mass Mutual, if you want to talk about whole life, uh, you know, just want to chat about life insurance in general. We're here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thanks for that, Mike. I will, I'll definitely add, you know, for anyone listening on the mass mutual point, I've talked to a lot of different, you know, call it GAs and agencies over the years. I will say how your team operates and is attracted to you and, and Walter initially um, is much more, I call it professional, but business minded oriented, more of an entrepreneur mindset instead of, hey, here's the life insurance product. It's okay. How do we actually grow your business? And let me, from a business perspective, help get your case through. I, I really like that added push there. And it's it's hard to find because it's a lot of work that, that you and your team puts in on the back end that not all agents see. There's like, all right, you're getting approved right away. It's like, no, I got to order the APS. I got to talk to the underwriter. <laughs> it's a lost, lot. It's a lost art, Steve. It is. It is. But it's a lot of extra work and you guys do it. And I really appreciate it. And that's a, definitely a huge value add for anyone looking to try and grow their business to have someone to push that forward for you because you, you need it. Yeah. Always yeah. my pleasure. Thanks for saying yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Have a good rest of the week. I'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, Likewise. everybody. Enjoy.